in the face of John Collins. Super Bowl champions, Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Let the celebration begin. And now it's time for Swoop Radio with your host, Josh Sanchez. heard that folks welcome to swoop radio i am your host josh sanchez and man we have a lot in store for you guys today the today is officially i'm recording on thursday but the podcast will be out on friday but today is officially the last day of the first half of the nba season so obviously you guys know what that means that means we got to do First half power rankings, midseason power rankings in the NBA. So that is going to be the first topic for today. And then after, I'm going to give you guys just a quick little mock draft right now who I think is going to be um, the top 10 picks in the NFL draft starting from 1 to 10. And I know the Eagles are on there. I know the Cowboys are on there. So I, I'm going to have a mock draft simulator as well for you guys, and we can um, talk and work and, and go through that. But what's up, man? Dunk FM, what's up, man? Big shout out to you last night. You were a big part of the live stream last night. Um, but some So here is my power rankings. Uh, this is going to be the first topic of today's podcast. And then again, I'm going to do a top 10 NFL mock draft. And, and I'll also give you guys a quick heads up in, a, in about a couple weeks. Um, I'm going to do an official NFL seventh round seven round draft, and I'm going. It's gonna. I am a diehard Eagles fan, so it's going to be an Eagles seven round mock. But um, I am going to find a way to add and incorporate other teams in the mix as well. So stay tuned for that podcast. That'll go as as we get closer and closer to the NFL draft. Um, but for now, I mean. Let's get started with the first topic and the NBA power rankings. And again, before you guys, before we get into it, you guys are listening on Twitter. If you're listening on Twitter, Twitch, uh, YouTube, anywhere, thanks uh, thanks to uh, Real Streams for putting all this up. I figured out this new platform. It's actually really cool. Um, and again, you guys can tune in all the time. I live stream Twitch games. Uh, live stream games. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed the Sixers Jazz game last night. But again, you can follow my Twitch at Swoop Radio underscore or no Swoop RD underscore. My fault. Instagram profiles at Swoop Radio underscore. So, without further ado, let's get started with the NBA power rankings. So, we're gonna go from ten to one, and also I'm also going to have a lot of um, a lot of honorable mentions. So. Before we get started with number 10, uh, there's a lot of honorable mentions here. So the Knicks are one of them. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, the The New York Knicks, they have played great this year. And quite frankly, I was deciding between them or the Celtics to fit that 10th spot. But in my opinion, the Knicks, they just, they just got the nod a little bit more. Um, and that is, 
again, that's no no disrespect to the New York Knicks, but they are one of my honorable mentions. Uh, more honorable mentions, the San Antonio Spurs. I know they had a couple uh, COVID scares as well, so um, I know I know that uh, I know that the San Antonio Spurs they're sitting there at the sixth seed of the Eastern of the Western Conference. So that's another team right there that they just could not crack my top five. Um, so again, no, again, no, no disrespect to, uh, <laughs> no disrespect to the Spurs, but that's another team that I was, um, a little bit worried about. Thank you guys. I'm trying to just figure out my screen and pull up the, uh, the document for you guys. But anyway, yeah. So those are a couple of my honorable mentions. I also have, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, what other honorable mentions I have. I know the Bulls are an honorable mention because they've been in and out of playoff contention. The Heat are also another another team that is just out of my top 10 for the power rankings. Um, but they have been playing good late, and they are currently the sixth seed in the East or fifth seed right around there. Um, but without further ado, at number 10 in the power rankings for Swoop Radio, I'm going to go with the Boston Celtics. Um, they have been playing really good lately. Uh, big shout out to them. I know they were under 500 a couple weeks ago, but they have had a lot of big time wins. They beat the Clippers. They beat the Nuggets. So the Celtics have started to beat those tough, those tougher Western Conference teams. Kemba Walker is really starting to hit his stride. So hopefully that'll continue for Boston. I know Jason Tatum's been a little bit on a decline, but him and Jalen Brown have been the stars of the year so far. Both are averaging over 25 points a night shooting over 50 from the field, close to 40% from deep. Those guys have earned it. And, and and the only reason why I have Boston at 10 on this list is because they have struggled throughout the first half. Again, these are rankings based off of the entire first half of the NBA season. The Boston Celtics are sitting at the four seed currently. So it was, it was a toss-up between them or the Knicks. I know New York fans, I got to give you guys a big shout-out as well. The New York Knicks, you guys have been balling, and you guys are also currently a playoff team as well, and they're over 500. So the Knicks, it was tough, a toss-up between the Knicks and Celtics, but I gave the nod to the Boston Celtics at 10. At number 9, I got to go with the Denver Nuggets. They're sitting there right there at the 7th seed, right behind the Spurs. Now, the difference is the Spurs have only played 31 games. The Denver Nuggets have played 35. They're going to play their, 30, their 36 game tonight. Uh, what can I say, man? Uh, Nikolai Jokic is, should be arguably top five in the MVP voting. And in my opinion, I have him in my top three. Uh, just from a side note, my top three for the MVP right now is Joel Embiid, number one. James Harden, number two. And... um. Jokic number three and then LeBron number four so that's like my top four and then sometimes LeBron will be in the mix as well because you can't you, you got to appreciate LeBron's greatness he just he's just a beast he, I mean, again it's same old same old year 18 he's still balling um, but the Nuggets are my number nine power ranking again just because again they were able to beat the Lakers they beat Portland they beat the Bucks. it was a great way to end the first half and they kind of had they had a little bit of some COVID problems early. I know Jamal Murray has really not been playing his best basketball, even though he had one of the craziest fifty point nights any any <laughs> any NBA basketball player can have. You score fifty points without attempting a single free throw attempt. 
Jamal Murray has showed you his potential, but can he take that next step? Can he be the perfect beta to Nikolai Jokic? Because, again, he just has not been consistent enough yet in this regular season. I know part of that is due to, again, the short turnaround. You go from being in the Western Conference Finals against the Lakers to immediately playing basketball two months later. So that's definitely a little bit of the factor there. But Denver, they're sitting there at 20 and 15. And, again, the West is tough. The, the, West, the West is really, yes, and I, and I agree with you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, he, uh, Jamal Murray, yeah, he has been very solid lately, but he, he did start a little bit bad. He was averaging around like 16, around 16 to 18 points the first couple months, but this past month he's got it up to 20, and that's one of the reasons why Denver has looked a little bit better than usual because, again, just like, like Jokic has been great, again, he is transcending the the big man position no one no one that's seven foot can drop dimes like he can now his defense is a little bit limited I will say and I definitely think that hurts him when it comes to the MVP conversation and you got to put you got to you got to factor most valuable on both sides of the court um, but in terms of his offensive game he can do everything he's a three level scorer and an absolute beast and that's why the Nuggets are at number nine they have a true superstar arguably top five player of this season if you just want to talk this season top five right now ah, that's a that's up for debate but for this year he's definitely been a top five MVP candidate so props to the Denver Nuggets for being number nine on my power ranking at number eight I got to go with the Portland Trailblazers at number eight and I and I was thinking about ranking them a little bit higher but they have lost a couple games here and there but I also am realizing Portland is doing this without C.J. McCollum and Nursive Nurkic. The fact that the Portland Trailblazers are sitting there at the five seed right now, and they're only like a game or two out from the Lakers for that four seed, man, you got to give props when props is due. Damian Lowered is another top five MVP candidate of the first half, and he does not get enough respect in this league. He does not. And I mean... I, I always love this discussion. No disrespect to Steph Curry, but I honestly think if you replace Curry with Lillard, I think the Warriors win three rings, just like how they did with Curry. And yes, and they, and they got Ennis Canner starting. Like that's how banged up this Portland team has been. And to make matters worse, I honestly think if Damian Lillard was on the Warriors team, that 73 and nine win team, he's not blowing that three one lead. Damian Lillard is the most clutch player in the NBA right now. And it's not even close. <laughs> Last shot, I'm giving the ball to Lillard. Lillard is Lillard in crutch time this year has been money. And he he don't miss. I mean, he showed it last night. He hit a step back three on a night where he was shooting just 20% from three-point range. He hit the threes when it mattered. Step back three for the win. That's why the Portland Trailblazers, they were able to beat the Warriors last night. So Damian Lillard, what he's done without his running mate in C.J. McCollum and also his, his best big man in, in, Nur- in Nursich, man, he's been balling. And yeah, Lillard and Luka, definitely. Luka is another guy. The Mavericks have been playing good lately. They're another honorable mention. Thank you for um, reaching out to me. I went on my power rankings based off of the whole first half. And the Dallas Mavericks, they have been rolling lately. And they've had some good wins. They beat the Nets. They beat 
Um, I'm trying to remember who else they beat. I know they lost to the Sixers bad, but they beat the Celtics on that step-back game winner by Luka. So they've beaten a, a couple of good teams. And the Dallas Mavericks right now are sitting at that eight seed right now If the with the first half concluding, having that game advantage over the Warriors. Um, so they have been rolling lately. But again, I did these power rankings based off of how were you in the entire first half of the se- of the of the season, and I went with the Mavericks as my honorable mention, and I and I leaned towards that way. But yeah, so back to Damian Lillard talk. I apologize. He should have been an All Star starter. The backcourt should have been Curry and Lillard. But again, Lillard does not get enough respect because again, like he's not as he's a very great three point shooter. But Steph Curry always hits the cool threes. He always hits the the razzle dazzle threes. Lillard is just gonna pull from thirty five feet. I don't care who I don't care who's on him. So and also his defense has been questionable at times. And Curry has the rings, the MVPs, the accolades. Will Lillard doesn't sadly. And if, if there's one guy again that does deserve that that does deserve the starting spot along with Curry, that is Damian Lillard. And just like I said, and also Mello's had 10 plus games where he scored 20 to 25 points. Trust me, I know my, I'm a diehard Sixers fan and he got, he was, he's the reason why Portland won that game in, in Portland against the Sixers. He was balling. So big shout out to the Portland Trailblazers. They are my number eight seed. If the season were to end to, oh no, well number number eight teams are in my power ranking. Clearly a playoff team if this if the season would have ended today. Um, so Portland Trailblazers are sitting there at eight, at the seven spot, and this team has had roller coaster streaks. They win five, then they lose five, then they lose, then they win six, and then they lose a one very badly. And that is the Milwaukee Bucks. They are currently sitting at the three seed of the Eastern Conference. Giannis is giving them, just like Giannis always does, 29, 12, and 5. He's been balling. The Bucks have been really good. I really like Drew Holiday. And on the offensive side of the ball, the Bucks are the best offensive team in the NBA, or if not the top three best team offensive team in the NBA. Now their defense has been struggling. And they have had moments where they just can't lock you down defensively. I don't know why, but I mean, Giannis was the defensive player of the year last year. So I'm like, okay, like, where is it? Um, But uh, other than that, the Milwaukee Bucks have been, I mean, they've been just as good as advertised. I know, again, they, we are, they've been the number one seed back to back years and they just could not get over the hump. They lost to Kawhi Leonard two years ago. And then this past year, they lost to the Heat. So it's like, and yeah, and and Middleton's definitely underrated. He is an all-star snub, but part of the reason why Middleton is underrated and no disrespect to him, but in the postseason, these past two postseasons now, you've been the number one seed, and when your team, when Giannis, because Giannis always gives them 30. He's been balling, but what is he going to do? What is Drew Holiday going to do in the postseason? That's going to be the question mark. Just like this, I put Chris Middleton and like a Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris in the same category. It's like you guys have the talent to be an all-star and to be this takeover dominant player. But the question that is always going to be asked is what are you going to do in the postseason? And Chris Middleton has not shown anything yet. 
that he can be dominant in the post in the postseason. And that and I believe that's one of the reasons why he was not an All Star this year. And he and he needs to take the steps forward in order for the Bucks to win a title. Because I mean, Giannis is ready. Giannis literally is like a modern day Shaq. And I will say, I do believe he's taking too many threes. He's averaging four threes for the year per game. He he makes about one, one three, and he shoots four a game. If he could find a way to knock that down to about two and a half, three, three-pointers a game and, and attack more in the paint, I know it's hard because a lot of teams are walling him off. But that would make the Bucks even better because I, I get it. Everyone wants to know, yo, if you're wide open, take the shot. But at the same time, if you're only shooting at about 28%, why the heck are you going to chuck four threes a game? You need to cut that at least in half. If you're wide open for a couple of them, take them. But if not, oppose your will. You are the modern-day Shaq. That, that is Giannis Antetokounmpo. Back-to-back years now, 29+. plus. But that's why the Bucks. the reason why the Bucks are not higher on my list is because of the inconsistencies. They win five in a row, then they lose five in a row. They were just coming off of a six-game winning streak, and then they got blown out, blown the brakes off um, by the Nuggets a couple a couple games ago. So which Milwaukee Bucks team are we going to see? Are we going to see the dominant one, or are we going to see the one that can't play defense to save their life? That's why I have the Bucks at seven, but still, top three seed in the East, I would love to see a Bucks Nets seven game series, even a Bucks Sixers seven game series. Man, I gotta take a drink of water just thinking about that. All right, and now here's where the list gets interesting because I put these two teams in the same category. So honestly, I'm just gonna rank five and six together, and that is the Lakers and Clippers. Both of those guys, both of these teams for the first half. What can I say? I mean, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard are both scoring over 25 a night. They're part of the all-inclusive 50-40-90 club or close to it. I know Kawhi's free throw percentage went down a little bit, but I know Paul George is close to it as well. And I would pro- I would probably go for the first half, Clippers 6, Lakers 5, just because even despite all of the injuries the Lakers have had to deal with, not having AD, for now, three, four weeks now, and and I know the Lakers have lost seven of their last ten. They are still the defending champs, and what LeBron has done in year eighteen, again, he's just he's just built different. It's like everyone else is playing checkers and he's playing chess. Like he is just built different. I I he finally missed his first game last night, and I mean like he's had like games where he's played close to fifty minutes. And he still shows up. And me and my coworker talk about this all the time. And also me and my friends. I'm like, he's playing too many minutes. He's 36 years old. But if the, but if there's one guy that can do it, it's LeBron James. That's He's a baller. That, that's what he does. So, I mean, with that being said, the Clippers, they have also sat out Kawhi Leonard a couple times. They set out Paul George sometimes. I know Paul George is on a minute restriction. The Clippers have looked a lot better this year than they have last year, though. I will say their offense flows together. I still think that they are a true point guard play playmaking away. 
like a real playmaker away from winning a title. I definitely think that they are a title contender, though. I, I still could see them coming out of the West because, again, you have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. But the question with the clip with the Clippers is, when it comes to crunch time, can Paul George hit the clutch shots? Because we saw against Milwaukee and we saw against the Clippers or the Celtics and we saw against a couple other playoff teams, even the Jazz a couple nights ago. Well, I, I, now they beat the Jazz. All right, the Brooklyn Nets. When a game is tight, can Paul George hit the clutch shots? And he's been inconsistent with that this year. He's really struggled in the fourth quarter. And that is why the Clippers, even though they are tied for the three seed, them and the Lakers are tied for the West, they're still a dominant team. They're still balling. They're clearly going to be at least in the second round, maybe Western Conference Finals, depending on who they play, team. But in order for them to be a finals championship team, Paul George is going to have to be able to hit shots. It's either that's going to need to happen or they're going to need to find a true playmaker like a George Hill type or like a Rajon Rondo type of playmaker that can run the team a little bit and help that flow of the offense. Tyron Liu, people love to say, well, oh my goodness, like he's coached stars all of his career, and he has. But I noticed the Clippers look a lot better with him running the show than Doc Rivers. And I'll get into Doc Rivers and the Sixers later on these rankings. But, I mean, for the first half, the Clippers are right there at six. And then the Lakers are at five because, again, injuries have hurt their team. And they have lost seven of their last ten games. And I know people love to say, well, LeBron's the MVP right now. I'm not one of those people. I honestly think LeBron should have won MVP last year. He averaged 25 and 10. The Lakers were the number one seed in the West. He should have won MVP last year, but he got snubbed. And then just like how I thought James Harden was supposed to win MVP, the one year he was averaging 36 a night, but they gave it to Giannis. So with that being said, though, the Lakers are at five because AD, when you have an Achilles problem, I don't. he needs to be out at least another month. I know what the Lakers are probably going to do is they're probably going to push for him to come back after the All-Star break. We saw what happened with Kevin Durant. The Warriors pushed him too soon, and then he ended up rupturing his Achilles. Once you have an Achilles problem, it usually does not go away unless, A, you take at least like three, four months off. And I mean really take three, four months off, like no working out, no no extra exertion on that part of your body. Or you actually tear it and then you get surgery and repair it. That's usually the track record when it comes to people with these injuries. So as the season goes along, it's going to be interesting to see what what are we going to get from Anthony Davis? Are we going to get and again, it doesn't help that they are coming off of an NBA title and also they the shortest turnaround from season to season in pro sports history and in like 70 days. So, like, that's not helping guys like Anthony Davis that is very injury-prone throughout his career. He's just a big guy. So, I mean, are we going to see Anthony Davis be fully healthy this year? I don't think so. I really don't. And with that being said, I still think a 70% AD is definitely good enough for the Lakers to 
come out of the West and possibly win another championship because that's how great LeBron James is and Anthony Davis. But I wouldn't be surprised if they got if they lost in the playoffs this year because they need a full healthy Anthony Davis. You're seeing that during this stretch. Now they did blow out the Portland Trailblazers and the Golden State Warriors, but they lost to a Phoenix Suns team without their best player in Devin Booker who got ejected for BS. Not going to lie to you. So I'm looking at it. I'm like, um, man, like there's definitely some question marks there. And Marcus Saul, I honestly think the Lakers had the perfect role player in Rajon Rondo coming off the bench. He would give them 10 and eight in the playoffs and LeBron would just be sitting back, relaxing. I'll play make when I want to play make, but I know I got an, I can trust. I can trust Rajon Rondo running that second unit and also playing with me. It was great. That's what made the Lakers a championship team was Rondo coming off of the bench. Um, so they definitely, I know Schroeder's been really good for them, but in the playoff time, when it's playoff time, can Schroeder give them them 15 points? Because defense does get tighter. So those are some question marks for the Lakers. But that being said, I still have them at number five for the first half of the season. They've looked great. And they have also had, before AD went down, they had by far the best road record arguably in NBA history. So got to give props when when props is due to the Lakers and stuff like that. And now here is my top four. So at number four, if I did these rankings probably two weeks ago, I would go with with the Utah Jazz being number one. But the Jazz have struggled these past two weeks, and we're starting to see a little bit of their weaknesses. And the Jazz are my my ranked four team in the first half of the NBA Power Rankings here on Swoop Radio. And if you guys missed this podcast, I'm on Spotify, Apple Podcasts tomorrow. I'll post the link all over my social media and stuff. But the Jazz are my number four team, and they've looked really good on defense. They have a great guy in Rudy Gobert. I mean, I can't stand Rudy Gobert because I think he gets over-talked about a lot when it comes to his defensive impact. That being said, though, he is a two-time defensive player of the year, and you got to give credit when credit is due. He is one of the best rim-protecting centers in the game, and he really gives the Utah Jazz that boost, and he really helps them down low. That being said, though, and I definitely agree, he is overrated. He is, but you got to give props when props is due, and the Utah Jazz can shoot the damn ball. My goodness. Jordan Clarkson is by far the sixth man of the year. He is an absolute baller. He dropped 40 on our Sixers the night when Ben Simmons dropped 40. I know you guys tuned into my live stream a couple of eight, or a couple weeks ago. So, I mean, they have Clarkson off the bench, arguably the best player right now coming off the bench. He is by far the sixth man of the year. They have Joe Ingles, another guy that can run the pick and the pick and roll. They have Bondanovich, another guy that can run the pick and roll. They have again Rudy Gobert down low in the center spot and then they have a great leader in Donathan Mitchell who is he's young he's only 24 years old but man he does not he's not scared to take the shots he is their alpha and that is why like a lot of people will compare oh my goodness this jazz team is like the Pistons team no the jazz have their alpha leader and his name is Donathan Mitchell and he is a two-time all-star now averaging 25 a night four rebounds four assists he does, in my opinion, and I, and with time he will, 
since he is so young, he's going to need to take that next step. If he can get up to about, if he can, if he can find a little bit more efficient shot, sky's the limit for the jazz. Um, but over these past two weeks, we've seen a lot of weaknesses on this jazz team. And that is on the defensive end. Teams can exploit Boban Bondanovich on defense. Tobias Harris showed that last night. He was getting buckets all over him in overtime. And also, their wing defenders really struggle against opposing slashing wings. Ben Simmons in both games against, not even Ben Simmons either, Jimmy Butler when they played, when the Heat beat the Jazz a couple weeks ago, Butler had a 30-point triple-double. So, like, the Jazz have had a tough time stopping athletic wing players. And, again, and also, um, Jenny Atkinson, I believe that's his name. I have to double-check. For the Jazz, he's probably going to win Coach of the Year. But the Jazz are definitely well coached. They have a very good, they have an okay defense. Like their defense can get exploited if you have talented wing players that can get on, that can attack the rim. And that's one of the reasons why they've lost three of their last four coming in, closing out the break. But their shooting is just absolutely incredible. They are the best shooting team in the NBA. They're averaging 17 threes a night. And the problem with shooting that many threes, though, is when they go in like they did against the Sixers, great. But if they don't, you can you can get a lot of fast break opportunities from that. And very and again, when you shoot a lot of threes, you're not going to get a lot of fouls called your way because the referees will call teams that are more aggressive and slashing down low. If the Jazz can find a little bit more balance there instead of them chucking up 40 threes a night. Maybe maybe narrowing it down to about, I would probably say like the 30 to 35 range and dominating the twos a little bit more. This Jazz team is there. I do think that they can give the Lakers and Clippers a good run. Do I think they have enough to win the title? Right now, no. Only because, again, I have to see it. And I'm always going to give my nod to the Lakers or to, uh, definitely either the Lakers or Clippers, in my opinion, just because, especially the Lakers, because they have the best player in the world, and that is LeBron James. So can I think the Jazz really compete with anybody? Yes, and they can definitely win a title. A Jazz Sixers NBA Finals, if the season were to end today, would be pretty freaking good. Not going to lie to you. Um, but... The Jazz are my four team just because of the way they closed this first half. Best record in the NBA. Best shooting team in the NBA. And I just believe that they just need to find a little bit more defense and figure out their defensive woes, but they'll be all right. At number three, I'm going to go with my team, the Philadelphia 76ers. They are the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. They have looked really good. Joel Embiid is the is my midseason MVP for the year. He definitely earned it. He's averaging over 30 a night, 50% shooting from the field, 40% from deep, 88% from from 85% from free throw range. He does it all on defense. He's arguably a top five defender in the NBA as well. Oh man, just speaking about him, he is clearly the MVP. And then his running mate in Ben Simmons has averaged over 20 points. He averaged over 21 points, eight rebounds, seven assists in the month of January. And he also, in the two games in February, so no, my fault, February averaged over 20, my bad, got ahead of myself. 
And in March, he's averaged 18 points a night. So Ben Simmons has really started, and he's shooting 70% from the free throw line. So we're starting to see growth from the two superstars. And don't get, don't even get me started on Ben Simmons' defense. He should be the first half defensive player of the year. He can guard one through five. Like even last night on Donathan Mitchell, Donathan Mitchell, yes, he had 33 points, but he had it on 34 shots. And when you play defense, that's a win. If your matchup is scoring, is taking more shots than he's scoring, that's a win. And his defense really on Donathan Mitchell in crunch time really helped the Sixers get over the hump and beat the Jazz last night. But with all those reasons, I have the Sixers at three. But one of the things this team is lacking is consistent bench play. And I know once playoff time, Embiid, Simmons, and Harris will play about 40 minutes a game, 38 to 40 minutes a game. So I know that's what's going to happen in the playoffs. But the Sixers, I believe, are one piece away from winning an NBA title. And his name is Kyle Lowry. If the Sixers can get Kyle Lowry in the trade deadline, they are a lock to at least make the finals and, in my opinion, win the NBA finals. Kyle Lowry would give them that 15 points that that offense needs because at times the Sixers offense gets stagnant. It gets slow and it gets dead. And that's because, again, we don't have enough shot creators. We have, a, we have the MVP in Joel Embiid, and we have another guy in Ben Simmons that's awesome at making his teammates better. But if we can just add that other piece that can that can help Ben Simmons with the playmaking and hit two, three, sh- two, three threes a game consistently, which what that is what Kyle Lowry gives you and gives good defense, the Sixers will be right up there as a legit NBA title. But that and but but with that reason alone. That's why I have two teams ranked just a little bit higher than the Sixers. And at number two, I got to go with the Phoenix Suns. They have been balling. Balling. And the Phoenix Suns are not getting enough credit at all. Chris Paul should be another person in the MVP discussion. He comes in the Phoenix. Phoenix before Chris Paul came was a below 500 team, not even making the playoffs. Yes, they were close, but they still did not make the playoffs. Chris Paul comes in, and his team is immediately a the number two seed in the Western Conference. And every night, they, they just continue to get better and better. They're well-coached. Big shout out to Monty Williams over there, what he's done. He was a former Sixers assistant coach. He has done a great job over there. And also, their defense is solid, and they have a lot of sharp, a lot of sharpshooters and a lot of creators. They're led by Devin Booker and Chris Paul. They have DeAndre Ayton down low that has taken big steps forward. Again, that's due to Chris Paul's leadership. And then they also have a guy in Mikel Bridges. Hopefully, I'm pronouncing his first name right. He's a Villanova product. He is arguably an all-defensive defensive player this year. He is, he's been doing great. He's one of the best wing defenders in the league right now. This season, he has proved it. And he can, he's a great 3 and D player. He's, he's giving them 15 points. He's shooting 40% from deep. And then he's locking down their, his matchup on the wing. So, I mean, the Suns have a good young core. The only thing I will say is they are young. But Chris Paul gives them that veteran leadership that the young players need desperately. So... 
I'm not going to lie to you. I, I got to go with the Suns at number two. They beat the Lakers, even, even though Devin Booker went down for a dumb ejection. So, I mean, this Phoenix Suns team is here. They're, they have arrived, and I believe that they could really, they can, they can compete with anybody. It's just, again, it's going to come down to, since they're so young, crunch time, Chris Paul can't do it all. Someone else is going to have to help. And I do believe Devin Booker can do that. But can he do it consistently enough in the playoffs? They have not really had a lot of playoff experience yet. But the Phoenix Suns are my number two team in the NBA. And my number one has to go with the Brooklyn Nets. And just like how Embiid has been the midseason MVP, James Harden has arrived and has opened the door and he is in the conversation now. The Nets are balling, guys. They went on a West Coast road trip. They took on the Lakers. Dub. They took on the Clippers. Dub. They took on the Suns. Dub. They beat every single team in that Western West Coast trip. James Harden, Kyrie, and they're and they're doing it without Kevin Durant. This team has found out. Okay, we can beat teams by scoring 120 points, but as long as we just are not awful on defense. They'll be okay. Now, I definitely think that they should add like an Andre Drummond type of player because then that'll solidify their problems at the center position uh, because DeAndre Jordan is a good player, but I definitely think DeAndre Jordan is better coming off of the bench. But yeah, I mean, like KD is not even playing and they've won nine of their last 10 games. They are balling. I mean, I, I'm not, I couldn't stand TLC when he was on the Sixers. I thought he was a scrub, but he's been good for them. He's been giving them. Now, he's not good enough to like create his own shot and stuff, but I mean, he's been a good compliment role player. Jeff Green is another compliment role player. And that alone, and, and the fact that they're doing this without Kevin Durant, that's why as a Sixers fan, what I want to see is the Sixers to get like a Kyle Lowry because then our offense can at least keep up and our defense is definitely way better than Brooklyn. So, like, we can be able to handle our own a little bit and keep up with their pace. But, yeah, so that is why the Nets are the number one seat or number one team in my power ranking. So, just to recap, I have Celtics at 10, Nuggets at 9, Portland at 8, Bucks at 7, Clippers at 6, Lakers at 5, Jazz 4, Sixers 3, Suns 2, and the Brooklyn Nets 1. How do you guys feel about my power rankings? I, I definitely, I no disrespect to the Spurs fans having COVID problems. Definitely, that's why I'm like, they only played 31 games. I can't put them on there. Um, also, the Mavericks as well, another honorable mention. The New York Knicks are also another honorable mention. It was a toss-up between them or Boston. But that is my first topic for you guys today. I hope you guys really enjoyed that. And we are going to transition, and I gotta I gotta play with this screen because it's my first time trying on uh, on real stream, I believe it's called. But yeah, I mean that that's my list for the first half of the year, my power rankings, my top ten, my top ten. So now I gotta transition it and do we're gonna do a live mock. So for everyone that's tuning in, I hope you guys have a great treat for this one because I found this website. That'll give a real live mock NFL draft. I'm just going to do the first 10 picks of the draft though. And then next time, because I am, I am going to have to run out soon. 
So next time that'll, and, and next time we'll do like a full, like seven round mock draft. So let's copy, let's paste and let's see. I got to change my screen recording real quick. So let's do this real quick as I'm doing this. So let's go application. Let's do Chrome tab draft simulator. Okay. Let's see. And then I got to slide over real quick. Just give me one second, guys, as I'm trying to figure this out. All right. Turn that bad boy on. All right. So this is what it looks like. It's P it's it's PFN NFL mock draft simulator. So we're gonna we're gonna do all the top ten teams. So the Dolphins, they have had a rough they had a rough year last year, but I mean no nah, no, nah, yeah, they're they have the number three pick though because of Houston, because Houston stinks. The Jets are another team. Then we got the Bengals. This is the AFC. I gotta I gotta make this a little bit wider. So then see if I can make this work so I can add the NFC on here. Yeah, so this is what we do right here. Uh I know the Jaguars, they have the number one pick of the draft. Let's see. And then I have the Broncos. They're sitting there at nine. Panthers, Falcons, Lions, Eagles, Cowboys. All right. So that is the top 10 teams. So let's let's draft. Sorry, guys. I, I had to eat a quick lunch. So very quickly, the first pick of the draft, the 49ers want to trade the 12th pick, 49th pick, 43rd pick. If the Jaguars are stupid, I would not take this trade at all. I don't know what the heck this draft simulator was trying to prove with me. Man, I don't know. They must think I'm stupid or something. And if that man Trevor Lawrence is on the <laughs> if that man Trevor Lawrence is on the board, <laughs> man, I'm not taking that. And also, RIP the Texans. I don't know what organization's worse. The Texans are the Eagles right now. That's just saying. I, that's why I've been sick at the basketball a lot lately. And once football season comes, I'll I'll try and see if I can add a live stream for you guys for the day, uh, like a game of the week or something. But yeah, like the Texans, <laughs> they don't even have a first or second round pick. And the crazy part with the Texans is they got rid of Clowney Hopkins. And JJ Watt and did not get a single first round pick for it. That's just a story of a town of a Houston Texans fan. And Bill O'Brien is a clueless idiot. So anyway, I am obviously going to reject this offer because Trevor Lawrence, the Jaguars need a quarterback reject the bears. Oh man, they're so desperate. Sorry, bears. That's not going to happen. The Patriots want the, they're giving up the 15th, 46, 96, a first round next year and a second next year. That's not a bad trade, but we need Trevor Lawrence to wear the Jaguars uniform and Washington. They have no shot. So, all right, without further ado, let's check the player pool. And the first pick is going to go Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is easily going to be the number one pick in this NFL draft. He is an absolute stud. He does look a little weird from the face. He does. Um, this is just me being a clown a little bit. But I am a Clemson guy. I've been a Clemson fan ever since 06 uh, with C.J. Spiller and the crew. Um, Clemson, they're well coached with Dabo Sweeney. They, Deshaun, you, you've already seen what Deshaun Watson has done. He was the former Clemson quarterback. So Clemson is starting to turn into like that, his, that Alabama-type pedigree. In, in my opinion, I feel like they are in the same breath right now. They have won two national titles in the past four years, and they've been to the final. Or no, they've won, I, do, I believe they won 
Yeah, they won two. They won one with Lawrence, one with Deshaun. They've been to four college football playoff finals. So Clemson, if you draft a guy from Clemson, you're solid. Trevor Lawrence, in my opinion, is going to be by far the best quarterback in this draft. At number two with the Jets, I see no trades, and I honestly think the Jets... Oh, yeah, I'm going to watch March Madness, too, dude. Oh, my goodness. I can't wait. I'm going to fill out my bracket. That That's what I might do next week. I might live stream me filling out my bracket for you guys. We can talk and we can debate. I have not watched a lot of college basketball, though, this year, though. It just doesn't feel the same without fans. Um, but I know come this time, I usually watch a lot of recap videos and stuff. But with the second pick of the NFL draft, I got to go with Zach Wilson from BYU. He is a baller for the Jets. And Sam Darnold, what really hurt me with Sam Darnold was the once you get mono, I mean, how do you get mono playing quarterback in the NFL? Like, man, you gotta stop, stop kissing people, man. Like, I don't, I don't get it. Um Yeah, no, I got you. I got you. Uh, so I mean, it's definitely, I definitely would put. Zach Wilson second. Sam Darnold, I think, is going to get traded in this draft, and I think the Jets are going to move up and pick up another guy, but that's something that we're going to have to see. So now here is another interesting uh, draft pick because now the Cardinals are offering to move up to three, but the Miami Dolphins need a wide receiver big time. So I'm rejecting all these offers, and I'm going to go with Jamar, with, the, with Jamar Chase from LSU. I know he sat out last year. But you saw when he played with Joe Burrow how how beast of a player he was. So so Zach Wilson is my number two my number two pick. Sorry, Jamar Chase is my number three pick. My bad, guys. At number four, the Falcons. If there's one team that I think that might trade back because the Atlanta Falcons they have Matt Ryan, they have a good solid veteran quarterback. So I don't they don't really need the draft Justin Fields. But they and they do need help on defense. So this would be definitely this would definitely be a very interesting trade. But I'm gonna decline this for now. And I'm gonna take I'm gonna think the Atlanta Falcons are gonna take Justin Fields at four. And then the Bengals, the Bengals, that's easy. They're going they're gonna go offensive tackle, especially with Joe Burrow coming off of uh, a torn ACL. They need to solidify that offensive lineman position. They need to solidify that tackle spot. And Penai Swell, sorry if I'm pronouncing his name wrong, he is an absolute baller for the for the uh, for the Oregon Ducks, and he's going to solidify their blindside left tackle protection for the next decade. So now here's where it gets interesting. I'm a diehard Birds fan, and right now, based off of this mock draft. I Jalen Waddles of available. Devontae Smith is available. And Kyle and Kyle Pitts is available. Do the Eagles trade back? I don't think so. I think I'm gonna reject this offer. I'm gonna reject both offers. And honestly, I'm gonna go with Devontae Smith just because he won the Heisman Trophy. He is an absolute stud. He had over 18,000, not 18,000, sorry, 1,800 receiving yards this year and is the first Heisman winner that is a wide receiver since 19, in like the 1990s. Devontae Smith is a beast, and I and I'm, and I'm the Eagles need a locker room. They need like that explosive playmaker on the outside to complement. I know the Eagles have a lot of other needs, 
So I would also not be surprised if they traded back and they got a couple guys later and, 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 and they got a couple guys later in the draft because, I mean, Caleb Fari, the Eagles need a cornerback very badly. They also need an offensive tackle like Rashawn Slater. These, these are guys that can be traded later. Um, but I'm going to go Devontae Smith at six for the Eagles. And then the Detroit Lions, I know they need some they need some help. They need like an offensive playmaker. I know Galladay's been a question mark. I think the Lions, if they're smart, they go Kyle, they go Kyle Pitts here. They either go Kyle Pitts or they go Jalen Waddle. But Pitts is, in my opinion, is the best player in this NFL draft in terms of talent. Lions take him. They finally get their explosive playmaker. The Carolina Panthers, I have them going to I have them getting Trey Lance from North Dakota State. That just feels like a perfect match for them. And the Panthers, I know they're trying to ship Teddy Bridgewater. So they're probably going to get rid of Bridgewater and move up and get more picks. The Denver Broncos, that's another interesting team. I know they need some help from... I honestly think the Denver Broncos are going to get... I mean, Caleb Farley is an absolute stud. They have to be stupid if they let him fall that much. And then Jalen Waddle's another guy too, but he does have some injury concerns, so I definitely think he falls. But Kayla Fari, in my opinion, gets trade uh, gets drafted to the Broncos, and the Broncos have their shutdown corner. And then for the last spot for the top ten, sorry guys, I am rushing this a little bit because I do have to take care of some things. And Rashawn Slater is from Northwestern is going to be the tackle. The Cowboys need some lineman help. And especially if they re-sign Dak Prescott, even though I can't stand the Cowboys, I got to give props when props is due. Dak Prescott is a very good solid quarterback and they need to protect him. They struggled with protecting him last year. Rashawn Slater gives them that great offensive tackle position. And that'll conclude the top 10. So here is my top 10. Oh man, I was automatically doing it for me. I'll, I'll let it. I'll let it slide. I'll, I'll just. I'll just hide this real quick. So here is Swoop Radio's top ten. As I, if I let me, if it lets me, yeah. So here's my top ten: Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Jamal Chase, Justin Fields, Penny Swell, Devontae Smith, Kyle Pitts, Trey Lance, Caleb Farley, and Rashawn Slater. Do you guys agree? Do you guys disagree with this list? And if I had more time, I would make a trade offer. I would call on the phone, maybe even trade up and stuff like that. But thank you guys for tuning in to this live stream. I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Stay safe. And again, if you guys miss it, the podcast will be out tomorrow at 12 p.m. Eastern time on Apple Podcast and Spotify and iHeartRadio. Just search Swoop Radio and I'll pop right up. Thank you guys for tuning in on Twitch and stuff and on Facebook, Twitter, wherever. Big shout out to this live stream. I hope you guys again stay safe. And this is Josh signing off. Swoop.